have that courage that in five years from now, you'll be looking back saying, I made the right choice. Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. Welcome to the Inspiring Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Terry Lepofsky, and on our show this week, we're exploring the topic of nonprofit leadership. You ever taken some time away from your busy life to volunteer or do something that helps someone who really needs the help? If you have, then I'm sure you're going to be able to relate to our show today. Our guest today is Peter Tilly, and I got to tell you, he's a bit of a legend to a whole bunch of people in this community. Peter spent nearly a quarter of a century leading teams and efforts to serve those who are in need within this community. Peter just happens to be the executive director of the Ottawa Mission, leading the people and the efforts to provide food and shelter to people in need every single day, 24-7, 365. He has a unique and noble role, and today I'm really happy that he's agreed to share some of his perspectives and his experiences with us. Peter Tilly, welcome to Inspiring Leaders. Well, thank you, Terry, and thank you for that introduction. My pleasure. Listen, Peter, one of the things that I love to do right when we're introducing people is to ask this question, what leaders inspired you, Peter, and why? I'm inspired by many leaders, and I study leadership. Uh, it's something that I've always enjoyed, and, and over the decade, of course, uh, different people change, and the message changes, and, and who influences me changes. But recently, I've been inspired by um, Andy Stanley. At uh, I've always found him very engaging. And at a recent LeaderCast uh, session that I attended back in May, I saw Andy Stanley do a presentation and uh, was talking about finding more purpose in our life, focusing on what is my purpose and the big why am I here. And I just thought so many of us in leadership roles, especially in corporate, sometimes lose that. Why did I even get into this in the first place? So our purpose, uh, he said, has is, is got to be um, the means to the end uh, rather than just chasing the almighty dollar. So certainly uh, something like that just uh, reinvigorated me. It uh, balanced me and, and brought that sense of maybe I've made some right choices in, in getting into a sector where we give back and make a difference in people's lives. If I'm not mistaken, that's really the foundation of what you're all about. You've had a really remarkable career. If I understand your history correctly, you used to work in a leadership role at Quantum Management Services back in the early 90s. Is that right? Yes, I was running the industrial division there. Uh, you know, some would call it, my dad used to call it the slave traders or the headhunters, but a very successful career. It was a straight commission, but uh, things were going very well. I'd built up a big division. And uh, I, I received a call on a, uh, it was a Friday afternoon from a former client of mine, a gentleman who used to run a large warehouse and I used to staff drivers and warehouse workers, forklift operators for him. He had since, that business had closed down and two years later he was working as the operations manager at the food bank and he called me. He said, Peter, I'm looking for a driver Monday to Friday. Can you send me a couple of people? I can't pay your fear commission. Well, Terry, I'd been on a search. I'd been trying to find myself and trying to find a way to give back and do something different to, to give back to my community. I was 34 years old. So on Monday morning, I went down to the basement at Quantum, changed out of my suit and tie, 
uh, into jeans and a t-shirt so they could see as a fit young man. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I showed up that Monday morning and he said, oh, we chatted for a bit. I hadn't seen Al in two years. And he said, oh, did you find me that driver? I said, you're looking at him if you'll hire me. I'd been at Quantum five years. Four days later, I was driving for the Ottawa Food Bank. Uh, probably one of the best jobs I've ever had in my life. Well, this wasn't a short-lived thing for you. If I remember this right, you spent nearly 20 years leading the Ottawa Food Bank. You started off driving, but eventually you ended up as the executive director there. Three years ago, you came on board with the Ottawa Mission. As the executive director, you're leading the team that provides food and shelter to the people in this community that are not in a great place materially. It's always struck me that you really have a, an incredibly worthwhile and very purpose-driven occupation. I think that what you have decided to do is really making a great difference for a lot of people in this world. But with your skills and abilities and track record, I think that you could probably have your pick of leadership roles, of big corporations with big fat paychecks. So I'm really curious to find out from you what it is about leading in the nonprofit world in service to those people who are in need. What is it about this that attracted you and keeps you? And if you don't mind, maybe share some of your motivations and some of your experiences with us. Sure. Well, I think the, uh, what is it in the Godfather? They keep pulling me back. So as much as I got out of the <laughs> management leadership role in my mid thirties, uh, there I was uh, three and a half years later, uh, becoming the operations manager. And a year and a half after that, the executive director of the Ottawa food bank, which is when you and I met, yeah. uh, during that time. And, uh, I think to answer your question, uh, I, whether driving for the food bank to give back that way and seeing poverty firsthand or here now, at the Ottawa Mission, seeing poverty firsthand every morning in the people I pass and at night on the way home when I chatted up with those who are outside the doors here. I've always been driven by a desire to give back, uh, to make a difference, and to uh, make a, a difference in the lives of those who need it the most. Uh, they always say, Terry, that a smile is contagious. Pass it on. Well, I feel that giving back to the less fortunate can be contagious as well. I just feel things have unfolded as they were meant to be, and I've been very fortunate to be put in the position I am. Some people overlook the passion piece when they search for the leadership traits. I truly believe that passion has to be a defining quality of any leader. And in my case, I'm very fortunate as passion for what I'm doing. But uh, further to what we talked about, Andy Stanley and purpose, if you're a CEO, I've always thought, or a corporate exec or a, a COO, and you're in a role or an organization that you don't like, and every morning it's a drudge or, you know, an exercise in drudgery to get up and head into work and do the things you don't want to be doing, get out. Get out, have that leap of faith, take that courage, as I did many years ago, and just see how things will unfold. Be patient. Uh, you know, just follow your heart. It's surprising how things may unfold uh, as they were meant to be. And have that courage that in five years from now, you'll be looking back saying, I made the right choice. I'm a fit and I'm making a difference in whatever way, hopefully beyond making a bigger paycheck seems that courage must play a big part in this. I'm sure that it looks a lot easier in retrospect than it does staring down the barrel of a lot of uncertainty and not knowing how things are going to pan out. I really do have to tip my hat to you with uh, what it is that you've done. One of the things that I've been wondering about is how do you keep everybody around you so motivated? 
you may have your purpose and realize that this is a great fit for you and it keeps you motivated every day. But how do you keep that motivation going for others, Peter? Well, I think they motivate me, actually. Terry, the volunteers here, I mean, people coming in to make a difference, the staff team here. But I think sometimes that other piece of leadership that I've always liked, whether when I was in the corporate world, running that division, whether whether at the food bank or here, I, I think a leader has to put cheerleader on on their CV and not to overlook that. You know, one of my first visits this morning was to the kitchen to thank the volunteers and chatted up with the military people, the Air Force, who are in serving up breakfast to the homeless today and chatted up with Chef Rick. You have to really be a cheerleader. And it doesn't mean you forgive or just overlook things that aren't working out well. Everybody has to be uh, rowing in the same direction as the saying goes. You also have to inspire people, I think, by just encouraging them and thanking them, especially in my sector above all else, in not losing focus of your ability. Hopefully you have those gifts as, as a leader that you have passion, you have an ability to inspire. And, and if God gave you those gifts, use them, use them well and pass that magic on and pass that peace on to others who will continue to do what they do. And in our case, turn around and give it back to the truly distraught, the, the truly vulnerable and provide that extra loving peace, that smile as they get their breakfast in the morning that just may change their day or make it a little more manageable than, than everything else they're going through. The symbol that we've chosen for inspiring leaders is one drop of water that creates that ripple effect. You do seem to me to be that one drop, that one drop that has that idea and knows that there's a strong, compelling purpose that pulls you, but you seem to have that ripple effect across those volunteers, those staff with the Ottawa Mission, with the Ottawa Food Bank, but you're having an impact on those people around you. Those people in turn are continuing with that wave or that ripple to help those people that need that in the community around. And the impact that you have, that one drop, is having a massive impact across the entire community. Well, you're very kind. I think especially in this calling, this sector that I'm in, uh, but in anything someone does, uh, you have that opportunity to rub off on others, to spread that. Uh, I love your analogy of the ripple effect. So if I've got some inspiration, some fire in my belly that I can spread to you today, and hey, I'm coming in here with my own set of issues and worries and challenges, but it's not about me. It's got to be about the work we do, whatever we do. It's got to be about those around us. Let's listen. Let's look into your eyes when you're looking truly troubled. Uh, on my way in, a gentleman stopped me and reminded me, uh, you know, he, he's very upset with us. And he spoke to me about it back in May, and he's no longer staying here. Uh, we had to ask him to leave, and he stopped me on the door on the way in and expressed again how upset he was. I just turned around uh, on my way into work here for a meeting, and I just turned around and stopped and listened to him intently for five minutes and we didn't come to resolutions or you misbehaved you still got to be barred from the shelter for what you did for a while but um i just listened to him and and uh you know when i think about the effect i can have on his life as he leaves uh i don't want him leaving in a frustrated angry state and and usually that starts with nobody's listening to me and it's the same with employees. It's, uh, boss, I've got a problem. I've got an issue. It's not, well, you know the policy. It's okay. Talk to me. 
So I think we all have that opportunity to to pass on that ripple effect as you're talking about, Terry. You know, it's funny you say that, and it's true. Almost everybody's got things that they're dealing with at any given time. But I love the fact that you just brought up the listening skills as a very central piece of this. Mm. I think too often we hear people discount the whole skill of listening as something so basic that we don't even really have to try. We're going to listen no matter what. But that's not really the case. There's listening, and then there's truly listening to understand rather than respond, isn't it? You're so right, and and I had to another leader that I followed uh, and read read many times, John Maxwell, and he's got a whole section I once read on listening and how he taught himself to become an intensive listener, and I've applied that because it was my weakness and area I had to work on. I was listening to respond, as you said, and over the last five years or so, I've really worked on listening to empathize, to understand to how can I help uh, being the the response rather than, no, no, you got it wrong. Are there any tips you can share with us, something quick that you can help us with on our own listening skills? John Maxwell highlighted sometimes you have to look beyond the presentation. Uh, Quite often, we're easily engaged by those people who are uh, born with a gift to speak, and they use their hands, they use punctuation, pronunciation, pausing, all those things we're taught. You have to sometimes look beyond that and and look at the message. This person has put their heart into the material they wrote last night, and it's been well-researched. And there may be some gems in there if you're not going to get turned off by, oh, boy, I can't stand that jacket that she's wearing or something or he's wearing. And try and listen to the message and, and the word and appreciate the effort that they've put into the presentation or even to come in your office and see you one-on-one. Appreciate the that last night they've thought about this. I've got to go see the boss and get this out. And if you can focus on that, I find sometimes you become a better listener. You know, I'm thinking about some of my own experiences with people who I felt really deeply listened to me. And I remember one gentleman in particular would move everything off of his desk in front of him, square his shoulders to me, look at me and say, okay, what is it that you want to talk about? It says to somebody that I'm really interested in what you're saying. You do matter to me. Very impressive. Yeah, there's a leader. And that's not all of the skills, but it certainly does start with that. And in some cases continues with that. You definitely have a lot of people that see the vision that you have or the vision that the Ottawa Mission has. And they certainly seem to be on board with what it is that you guys are on a quest to achieve. I wonder, though, is there something that you do on a day-to-day basis that keeps people focused when their inbox is piling up, they're getting a little behind on things, somebody may be complaining in their ear about something, and the day-to-day realities are sort of clouding the bigger picture for them. So is there something that your staff or your volunteers, that they stay focused on or that you try to remind them of to, to keep them focused on the good that they're doing? Yeah, you're so right, Terry. It's that focus on the big picture. It's it's always stressful, especially in this industry, uh, dealing with some of the challenges we deal with with our people. But also, you know, I report to 14 bosses. I have a board of 14 directors, and the board has the input into the big picture vision of the organization and hold me accountable to that. And that can be challenging as well, too. And it's just reminding the team to come back to that, that this is where we're going. This is where we're charged to be going. We've got certainly leeway. We've got autonomy on so many things. 
But at the end of the day, is this what we're doing now? Are these distractions, as you talked about, these other distractions, are we dealing with those while still focusing on the mission and the vision and the desire to accomplish that we all bought into? Uh, Now let's continue to buy into that and make sure it's going to happen. I imagine seeing the smile on some of the people's faces or just the, the, the color in their cheeks after they've had a really good meal on a cold, frosty morning out there. That's got to really do something for a lot of the volunteers and staff as well. Yeah, for me, Terry, it's the gratitude. It's the expressions of gratitude. My office is on the main floor here. It's right in the high traffic area. Uh, You know, I've had people suggest, sometimes not from this organization, you'd never see it in our culture, but some other leaders when I've attended sessions in in other cities, oh, you're on the main floor? I'm on the third floor. You know, I, I just don't know how you'd do that. But Uh, We all get it here. It's those expressions of gratitude. And yeah, I'm the complaints department as well, too, when things haven't gone right. But (laughs) but that's all part of it. It's an enjoyable part of it. But my yeah, my one of my inspirations is to hear the gratitude. It's just amazing. The gratitude that the people staying in a homeless shelter will have for the meal for uh, an extension by the frontline staff of something they did for them going the extra mile for getting someone some bus tickets uh, so they could get somewhere. All those little things that they come by and thank me for. And really, I I get the pleasure of taking one for the team uh, by listening to their thank yous. You know, you mentioning gratitude is a perfect segue because two words that I wanted to mention to you before we wrap up here today. One is appreciation and the other one is respect. Mm. I just have such a huge amount of respect for you for everybody that's working down at the Ottawa Mission and the food bank to continue on to this day. I think that you guys are doing a great job for this community and for so many people who really need it out there. But listen, before we wrap up, if you don't mind, I have two quick questions for you. Mm -hmm. The first is this, what challenges do you see facing a lot of today's leaders? One I think of that I was just talking with someone yesterday about is, uh, you know, the challenges of this world we work in that so many see it as a blessing, but it's the information overload uh, that, you know, we think of the youth, the teens. I have a 21-year-old daughter and we think of them on their iPhones, on their mobile devices. But I was at an event yesterday and I looked around the room and everybody's staring down at their phones and it's like, really? Somebody's speaking here. Like, is is that that important? Uh, again, listening, uh, you know, the, that listening skill, show them uh, respect, uh, show them that body language. So I think we're starting to fail to be good at disseminating between what needs to be done and addressed now and what can wait. And, and that extends to answering emails. Uh, you know, I attended a course a couple of years ago and Dr. Steve Brown spoke on taming the e-monster, putting the, answering those emails in, in uh, proper perspective before we just jump on, oh, inbox, got to respond. Uh, you know, it's it's taking time to step back, I think, as leaders. We need to step back and remind ourselves to focus on the big picture. Take a deep breath and just evaluate where am I, you know, trudging through the woods with your head down, staring at the compass. You're going to walk right into a tree. You've really got to step back and maybe look up at the sun or the stars and say, okay, I think I'm going in the wrong direction. Uh, I think I wanted to be over there. Yeah, it seems like we have a lot of loud, shiny, bright distractions around us and mm. and maybe taking a little bit more of a response type of perspective rather than a reactive type of a perspective. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. 
Okay, so here's my second question, Peter. What does inspired leadership mean to you? And by the way, before you answer, Mm -hmm. I think that you're the perfect person to ask this to. (laughs) Well, thank you. I think it's about, again, inspired leadership in any sector, I think, is is selling the vision, selling the direction of yourself and whatever you represent as a leader, even if you're a, a one-person show running your own business. So, And remembering it's not about me. It's not about you, the individual at the time, getting outside of yourself and really remembering, especially when you work with a collective, with a group, that it's not about winning. It's about what's best for the organization, for the collective. And, you know, my most impressive board members, I find when we attend those board meetings and we get into those debates on issues are are those who can step back from a position they previously held on a sensitive issue and say to the others, you know, you might have something there. You might be right. Uh, Those are my leaders that I follow. I've got a few board members like that currently that I just so admire and consider them my mentors that they have that humility. So inspired leadership, yes, have a passion for what you represent, but also have the humility to to listen to other opinions and maybe, maybe even pull a 180 now and then and say, yeah, I think think this person's got something. You know, uh, Peter, you truly are a respected, impactful, and an inspired leader. If people want to connect with you, how are they going to find you? Well, I think the easiest way is, you know, anyone can go to ottawamission.com, find me there. Uh, you know, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Twitter. So so there's many other ways that they could just punch in my name. Uh, I'm easy to find. Pick up the phone. I'm always home. You can also call. <laughs> we sometimes forget about those phone calls nowadays, don't we, Terry? Isn't that true? They just click on the send. I do have your LinkedIn, Twitter, email, website address. I've got it all in the show notes, so I'll have it there. People can just click on those links if they scroll down. Listen, Peter, I've also put in a link to the donations page for the Ottawa Mission. Are people welcome to head over there if they want to support you? Oh, absolutely. We spend this time of year, the summer, reminding people uh, the needs didn't end at Easter. And we do those three big campaigns, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter. We'll have 236. Last night, it was 235 of 236 of our beds were full last night, even on a nice June evening. So the needs continue here at the Ottawa Mission. Everything helps. Listen, thank you so much for being part of Inspiring Leaders. I really appreciate you sharing your experiences, your perspective, some of the ideas that you shared with us. I found it very worthwhile, and I know a lot of others will as well. Well, thank you, Terry. I've always been impressed by your give back to the community as well. Uh, Keep doing that. Thanks again for being part of our quest to make inspired leadership ubiquitous. Wherever you are, we hope that we've helped to inspire you and that you'll pay it forward by inspiring others. And just a reminder to support us on iTunes, Google, and Stitcher with your ratings and comments. Your support makes a big difference, and we sure do appreciate it. Until next time, take care, everybody. Bye for now.